بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم محمد صلی اللہ رسول الغریب اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائی از دا تھرٹی فرسٹ آف اکٹوبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ that we're going through the exalted day life of our beloved mother, Sayyidah Khatija radiyallahu. And yesterday, I began the section with regards to answering the very important question. Who first are the Ahl al-Bayt? And secondly, are they ma'asum? Are they infallible? And I only mentioned two reports. And the two reports are both authentic. And in summary, Our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam placed his daughter Fatima, his son-in-law Ali and his two grandsons under the cloak together with his blessed self. And he said, these are my family. And he recited the verse of the Ahl al-Bayt, Surah 33, verse 33. And in the other report, our mother Umm Salama asked, am I also amongst them, Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet said, you are already upon goodness. So, these two authentic reports, the deviant state that these are the auspicious souls who are from the Ahl al-Bayt. Rasulullah did not allow anybody else to be amongst them. And then, like I mentioned yesterday, they used the verse to also prove, Surah 33, verse 33, that they are infallible. Because of the verse saying that to give them a total purification. So, to clarify upon these reports. So, first let's turn to Shaykh Maududi, Rahmatullah. So, Shaykh Maududi, Rahmatullah, he is a descendant of the Prophet. He's a Sayyid. So, Shaykh Maududi, Rahmatullah, in his Tafsir, volume 10, page 107 to 8 of the English translation, he clarified upon this at length. So, I'll go through it and we'll break it down. So, quote The context in which this verse occurs, I Surah 33 verse 33, makes it clear that the word Ahlul Bayt here implies the wives of Rasulullah For the address begins with Ya Nisa and Nabi, O wives of the Prophet Indeed, they are the addressees in the whole discourse preceding And as well as following. So breaking it down. So what's the first thing Shaykh Maududi mentions? Rahmatullah So he's basically saying, look at the verse in context. Surah 33 verse 33. The verse before it is talking directly to the wives of the Prophet. And the verse after it is talking directly to the wives of the Prophet. So then the Shaykh goes, therefore this verse naturally is also addressing the wives of the Prophet. But he didn't give the verses. So let me just mention it in brief. So the verse before, Surah 33 verse 32, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Audhi billahi minash shaitan rajeem, Ya nisa'an nabi lastunna ka ahadim minan nisa'ah. O wives of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are not like any other women. So clearly, the verse before is talking to the wives of the Prophet Then the verse after, verse 34, it mentions uh, the verse. 
And remember the revelations of Allah and the wisdom which are recited in your homes. So again in the English you don't get this but in Arabic it's using the feminine. That means the feminine. So Allah is talking to females. Remember the revelations of Allah and the wisdom which are recited in your homes. Who is he talking to? The wives of the Prophet So this is the first thing Shaykh Maududi mentions, context. Then he said, in addition, the word Ahl al-Bayt in verse 33 in Arabic is used precisely in the sense in which the word household is used in English, which includes a man's wife and children. Indeed, no one would exclude the wife from a household. So, if an example, if you say to an English gentleman, household, who are the members? Would he leave out the mother? Unless you say, oh, she's passed away. So, obviously, household refers to the mother and father. Then the Sheikh said, in addition, the Quran itself has used this word, Ahlul Bayt, at two other places besides this. And in both, the wife is included in its sense rather as the most important member of the family. Mm. So stop in the quote. So Shaykh Maududi said, is there anywhere else in the Quran where Allah the Almighty mentions Ahl al-Bayt? And he goes, there's two places. And in both those places, Allah is talking directly to the wife mm. of a prophet. So then he quotes the verse in Surah Hud, Surah 11, verse 73 onwards, when the angels give the Prophet Ibrahim wasalam, the good news of the birth of a son, his wife says, Quran, Allah quotes, she said, Salah radiallah, Shall I bear a child now when I have grown too old and my husband has also become old? They replied, The angels, What? Are you surprised at the decree, O Ahl al-Bayt? The mercy of Allah and blessings be upon you. Verily, he is the praiseworthy and glorious. So what does it explicitly say? Sarah says, how can I have a son? I'm old, my husband's old. And how did the angels address them? قَالُوا أَتَعْجَبِينَ مِنْ أَمْرِ اللَّهِ رَحْمُتُ اللَّهِ وَبَرَقَاتُ عَلِيكُمْ أَحْلَ الْبَيْتِ what are you surprised at the decree or Ahl al-Bayt? Who are they talking to? Two. Husband and wife. Mm-hmm. So the Quran is highlighting that the wife is Ahl al-Bayt. Mm-hmm. Then the Shaykh says, similarly in Surah Qasas, Surah 28 verse 12, when the Holy Prophet Musa, wasalam, reached the Pharaoh's palace as a suckling, and the Pharaoh's wife, radiyallah, was in search for a suitable nurse for the child, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam's sister said, quote, 
فقالت هل ادلكم على اهل بيت يكفلون لكم وهم له ناصحون shall i point out to you a household that will nourish and bring him up for you and be sincerely attached to him so whose household was she referring to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam his mother she said ahli baitin the mother so not again the quran is explicitly mentioning in two places that the mother or the wives are ahlul bait then the sheikh said sheikh madudi those the arab the arabic idiom the usage of the quran and the context of the verse all point clearly to the fact that rasulullah's wives as well as his children are included in his ahlul bait so he's explained he goes look at the word household you say it has to include the wife look at the usage of the quran the places where allah taala mentions that term the wives are mentioned of the mothers and the context also indicates is the wives so he goes therefore the wives are ahlul bait mm. then he said rather the more correct thing is that the verse surah 33 verse 33 is actually addressed to the wives and the children become included in the household only because of the sense of the word mm-hmm. so sheikh madudi says if you just look at the quran and only the quran itself you can only deduce from the quran itself the ahlul bayt are the wives of the prophet mm-hmm. but he says but because of other proofs we realize others are also included mm-hmm. then he said this is why according to ibn abbas urwa ibn zubair and ikrimah radiyallahu ta'ala anhum the word ahlul bayt in this verse implies the wives of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam for instance ikrimah rahmatullahi after reciting the verse surah 33 verse 33 he said whoever disagrees with me that this was revealed solely concerning the wives of rasulullah I am prepared to meet him and pray and invoke the curse of Allah upon those who are lying. This is in Ibn Asakir, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ad-Dur Al-Mantur, 5-376, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Volume 7.681 of the English translation and others. So, stop in the quote. So, some of the Salaf, they state that if anybody disagrees with me that this verse is only talking about the wives, let's curse them. If I'm lying, may the curse of Allah be upon me. And if you are lying, so he actually challenged people and they didn't come forward. Then the Sheikh said, However, if somebody says that the word Ahlul Bayt has been used only for the wives and no one else can be included, this is also wrong. According to Ibn Abi Hatim, once Aisha was asked about Ali and she said, Do you ask me about the person who was amongst the most beloved ones of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and whose wife was Rasulullah's daughter and most beloved to him she then mentioned the hadith of the clock but she added that she asked am i also included amongst your household ya rasulullah the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said remain where you are for you of course are already included <laughs> Therefore the view of those who exclude Ali, Fatima, Hassan and Hussein is also not correct. So you go to another extreme. Some people say the Quran mentions only the wives of the Ahlul Bayt. We don't accept Ali, Fatima, Hassan and Hussein. 
That's another extreme. So now you say, no, you've gone to an extreme. Why? Because the cloak actually includes them. The Prophet was clarifying upon who else saw Ahlul Bayt by mentioning the cloak. When Aisha asked, what did the Prophet say to her? You are already included, meaning the Quran has included you. You don't need to go under the cloak. Similarly with Um Salama, which I mentioned yesterday, then he said, similarly the view of those people also is not correct who on the basis of these ahadith regard the wives of Rasulullah as not being from the Ahl al-Bid. So he's referring to the Rawafid now. They only turn to the hadith, the cloak, and they try to confuse you saying, look, the wives aren't part of the family. In the first place, anything which has been clearly stated in the Quran cannot be contradicted on the basis of hadith. Secondly, these hadith also do not have the meaning which that is put on them. The Holy Prophet ﷺ, however, thought that the apparent words of the Quran might cause somebody the misunderstanding about those members that were excluded from the Ahlul Bayt. Therefore, he ﷺ, felt the need for clarification in their case and not in the case of his wives. So the Shaykh gives a, gives a beautiful answer. He's basically saying Ahlul Bayt are the wives of the Prophet. So why was the point? What was the point of the cloak? The cloak was because Rasulullah wanted you not to make the error that it's only the wives. So when he put the cloak over his daughter, his son-in-law, his grandsons, he said, these are also my family. That was the point of the cloak. When the wives wanted to go under the cloak, the Prophet goes, you're already upon goodness. So therefore, that's how we look at the narrations of the cloak. But the deviants say, no, they only look at the hadiths because these are the only family members of the Prophet So this is Sheikh Maududi, who's a Sayyid. Mufti Muhammad Ashik Elahi Muhajjir Madani, Rahmatullah he gives another beautiful answer. In Anwarul Bayan, volume 7, page 394 of the English translation, he states, Unable to prove their fallacious belief, the Rawafid attempt to beguile the layman by saying that the verse addresses Ahlul Bayt using a masculine pronoun. Subhanallah, a drowning person will even cling to a blade of grass in his desperation. So what is the Shaykh stopping the court? What is he referring to? Ahlul Bayt. In English, you've used the masculine pronoun. Like you say he, his. So the Rawafid, i.e. the misguided Shia, they say, well, Surah 33 verse 33 says, Ahlul Bayt. It's masculine. So, how on earth have you included females, the wives? So the Shaykh goes, Subhanallah, a drowning person will even cling to a blade of grass in his desperation. Then he explained, they hated for Rasulullah's wives, sallallahu alayhi wa drive them to be oblivious of many other Quranic verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes reference to women using a masculine pronoun. An example of this is the verse where Musa wasalam, addresses his wife radiyallam, using a masculine pronoun, asking her to wait whilst he goes to the fire to find guidance. Refer to Surah 20 verse 10 and Surah 28 to verse 29. So the incident where his, his wife is heavily pregnant and he sees a distant, a fire in the distance. 
He tells his wife, you wait here. I will go to see if I can find the fire. But he's using the masculine pronoun. Why is he using the masculine pronoun when he's talking to his wife? It means it's honor. A verse in Surah Hud, alayhi salatu wasalam, Surah 11 verse 73, quotes the angels using a masculine pronoun when addressing Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's wife. I've already quoted it. Because Ahlul Bayt. So why are the angels saying to the Sara using a masculine pronoun? It's honor. Those, these verses denote it is proper to address women using a plural masculine pronoun as a token of respect. The reason is we're not Arabs, so we don't understand these nuances of the language. But the Rawafid, they hope that you don't know Arabic. So they'll confuse you because look, Surah 33 verse 33 is masculine pronoun. How can it be wives? But if you know your language, you say, what sort of Ruby, what Ruby statement is this? And let me give you an even more simpler example of this. How do we greet each other? We say, Assalamu Alaikum. Assalamu Alaikum is masculine pronoun. The feminine, if you were to go to a woman, you're supposed to say this in the Arabic, Assalamu Alaikum. Do anybody say that? No. You use the masculine women amongst each other. They say, Assalamu Alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Why are they using the masculine pronoun when they're talking to each other? Because it's out of respect. You can do that. So when Allah Ta'ala says in Surah 33, verse 33, Ya Ahlal Bayt, using the masculine pronoun, he's honoring the wives of the Prophet. Have you understood? So this is what Mufti Muhammad Ashik Ilahi Muhajjid Madini said, who's buried in Jannat al Bafi. Let's turn to another Sheikh, Mufti Shafi. He looks from another angle. He says in Ma'arif al-Quran, volume 6, page 150 to 1 of the English translation. In the previous verses, Surah 33, verse 32, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says, فَلَا تَخْدَعْنَا بِالْقَوْلِ Do not be soft with your address. Up to the end, all forms employed are feminine. Then in verse 34, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْنَا مَا يُطْلَى And remember what is recited. The form used in this address is in the feminine gender once again. Now when the text departs from the context in verse 33, in between, and it likes to employ the form of masculine gender, as in أَنْكُمْ أَنْ يُطَحِّرَكُمْ it also becomes a strong evidence of the fact that included here are not only the wives, but some men as well. This is a marifal Quran, volume 6, page 150 to 1 of the English translation. So you're not in your heads, but I know you didn't understand. <laughs> right? So I'm going to have to go through it again. <laughs> right? So, mashallah, one's on the phone, he's somewhere else. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, in verse 32, do not be soft with your address. Now, what is the word? It's the feminine. So in English, you're saying to the females, you know, using the feminine. Oh, females, do not be soft in your address. Then he says in verse 34, ma yutla. Feminine again. Remember what is recited to the honorable ladies. 
Now, why does it go into the male pronoun in verse 33? Mufti Shafi gives another meaning. Because Allah Ta'ala is clearly highlighting it's not just the wives. Some males are also Ahlul Bayt. So he goes to the masculine pronoun. So look how beautiful. One of the shuyukh, he goes, Allah Ta'ala goes to the masculine pronoun out of respect for the wives of the Prophet, which is correct from the Quran. Mufti Shafi says, also Allah Ta'ala is including males. But who are the males? We don't know. So the Prophet got the cloak. Your fruit cake. He got the cloak. Who are the males under the cloak? There's the Ahlul Bayt. Ali, Hassan, and Hussein. Fatima is a female. So note, the cloak incident is a way of Rasulullah beautifully explaining the Quran. Without the cloak, we'd be guessing. Now, just to add this, it is also explicitly mentioned that our beloved mothers are from the Ahlul Bayt, from a hadith in Bukhari. Which hadith? The incident when our beloved Messenger وسلم, had married Zainab bin Jahsh and some men had not left his dwelling, he then went to visit his other wives. Rasulullah has married Zainab bin Jahsh. So he had guests, you know, Walima, and they didn't leave. So the Prophet wanted privacy with his wife, but obviously he's, he's bashful. He leaves the sacred dwelling. Hopefully they will leave. So what happened? In Sayyid Bukhari, Nasai in his Sunan Al-Kubra 6-75, Fatt al-Bari 8-388, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, volume 8, page 25 of the English translation. Anas radiyallahu said, There were three people left who were talking in the chamber. Rasulullah exited once more until he came to the chamber of Aisha. And he said, Assalamu alaikum ahlal bayti wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace be upon you, O Ahlul Bayt, and the mercy and blessings of Allah. She replied, Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How have you found your new wife, Ya Rasulullah? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. He then went around to all the other chambers of all his wives. He spoke with them as he had spoken with Aisha, and they spoke as Aisha had spoken in turn. So what does it clearly mention in this hadith in Bukhari? How did Rasulullah address every one of his wives? Assalamu alaikum, ahl al-bayt. You go to the fruit cakes, I thought they weren't ahl al-bayt. So his Rasulullah made eight errors, eight mistakes by going to every one of his wives saying, Assalamu alaikum, ahl al-bayt. You've excluded the wives. So the Bukhari hadith clearly indicates they are the family members of the Prophet. <laughs> Rasulullah then returned and the men eventually had left. Whereupon verse 53 of Surah Ahzab was revealed, upon which the Almighty and Glorious mentioned the etiquettes of entering the sacred chambers. So this answers the first question. Who are the Ahlul Bayt? Who is being referred to in Surah 33 verse 33? And you say the Quran and the Quran itself is only talking about the wives of the Prophet. How do we prove that? Context, Arabic language, and where the word Ahlul Bayt is used in the Quran in various places. So why is it not restricted only to the wives of the Prophet? Because of the hadith of the cloak. Rasulullah said, these are my family, meaning I'm explaining to you who else are my family, and who else were the family? 
Ali, Fatima, Hassan, and Hussein, radiyallahu ta'ala And just to add this, there were others also who were honored to be put under the cloak. And they were Abbas's family. Abbas was Rasulullah's uh, paternal uncle. And Rasulullah actually placed his children under the cloak as well. This hadith is in Tirmidhi, Ahmad, Mishkat, also authentic. So Abbas, the uncle, and his children are also Ahlul Bayt. So Rasulullah didn't exclusively put his immediate family under the cloak. He also put his uncle's children under the cloak. Why is he doing that? Because he does not want you to make an error by just looking at Surah 33 verse 33 and thinking only the wise are Ahlul Bayt because the Quran is clearly highlighting that. The answer is no. The Sunnah is also explaining who the Ahlul Bayt are. And this is the correct understanding. So why have I given this lengthy clarification? Because how ironic that the Rawafid say we are the followers of Ahlul Bayt. Now why is that so ironic? Well, who are you following? If you say, oh, so you're following the wives, our mothers. They go, no, they're not Ahlul Bayt. And what a howl that is. Your standard is Ahlul Bayt and you've taken out the mothers. And then they quickly jump to the hadith of the cloak. They go on cloak. These are my family. Masculine pronoun. Can't be females. And the response is, you're playing games. And the scholars have answered this at length. So note the Ahlul Bayt in a nutshell, who are certainly the Ahlul Bayt. Ali, Fatima, Hassan, Hussein, all our mothers, Abbas and his children, Ja'afar also and his children, the elder brother, Akil and his children. Another report mentions that as well in Sayyid Muslim. These are the cousins of the Prophet, Abu Talib's children. So these are the Ahlul Bayt according to the various reports. And these are the ones who we are told to respect and honor. The other thing I want to add to be, before we finish. The Prophet, he did say something in particular uniquely about Fatima, Hassan and Hussein and Ali. And what he said uniquely about them was this. Allahumma haulai ahlu bayti wa khasati adhib anhumu ridza wa tahiruhum tathida. O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are the people of my household closest to me. Wahasa. Remove from them filth, purify them with a thorough purification. So he used an additional word for Ali, Fatima, Hassan, and Hussein. Wahasa. So that means that these are the most intimate Ahlul Bayt, the core of the Ahlul Bayt. Because the Prophet highlighted why? Obviously, it's his daughter. If somebody goes, who is the closest family member to a male, the father, you say his daughter or his son. Because the Prophet's sons had passed away, you say he's his daughter. So the Prophet specifically used the term for them. Wakhasati, closest to me. But that does not mean he was negating other family members. So we, of course, accept humbly this, that they are the core of the Ahlul Bayt. All of the family of the Prophet come through Hassan and Hussein. So obviously, they have a special place in the August family of the Prophet but of course, other members are also given honor. So all I answered today was basically, who are the Ahlul Bayt? And we need to know who the Ahlul Bayt are. The question then is, the second question, are the Ahlul Bayt ma'asum? 
are the Ahlul Bayt sinless? Are they protected from sin like the holy prophets and messengers? So even if they were, so let's take the Rawafid stance, even if they were, that then means all the wives of the Prophet are Masum, because they are Ahlul Bayt. Abbas is Masum. His children are Masum. Jafar is Masum. Akil is Masum. His children. How many Masums are there? That in itself indicates this is an invention of yours. But we will discuss that at length more tomorrow if we're still alive. And it's not really much of a discussion, but when you go into it, it's important to highlight where they've got this belief from and why they are so persistent in it. Right? And you realize that this is again a made up belief system of this. Are there any questions you'd like to ask?